0: Welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a podcast by Intel, where we're making sense of use cases across industries such as retail, banking, hospitality, and education. You're going to hear tech considerations, best practices, how-tos, and recommendations. It's all here on To The Edge and Beyond.
1: Hello and welcome to The Edge and Beyond the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. In this episode, we're going to explore remote learning in higher education, some trending use cases, and the innovation enabled by Intel's Internet of Things Group. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhock. So if you have a student in school, any school, from elementary to higher education, you know the learning challenges that students and teachers are facing on a daily basis right now. Here to discuss these challenges and share how technology is finding solutions are Marketing Director Chris O'Malley and Platform Solution Architect Marcos Silva from Intel Corporations Internet of Things Group. Chris and Marcos, so nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Shelby. Thank you for having us today.
1: So, gentlemen, I'd like to start our conversation today with some insight into what's happening in classrooms across the globe. So, in August this year, the UN had issued a 26-page policy brief on education during COVID, and the U.N. Secretary General, he didn't mince words when he said that the pandemic has created, quote, the largest disruption of education in our world's history. And he says, if we don't put some solutions in place, these learning losses threaten to extend beyond this generation and erase decades of progress. So Chris, when you hear about the state of education, how does it drive home the mission of Intel's Education Solutions?
2: Yeah, so first I'd like to acknowledge the Secretary General. um, What we're facing right now with COVID is absolutely the greatest disruption of education in history. There's no doubt about that. When I look at this, I look at technology is really the only solution we have that can address this disruption around the world. And as a technology company, Intel has to step up to ensure that the progress in education, which we've been great at over the last 100 years, continues. And in fact, even improves despite these challenges. And Intel is absolutely a technology company. And we develop solutions for student and teacher devices. We have technology that helps connectivity for remote and virtual learning, collaborative technology that improves in-person learning, virtual learning, hybrid learning, All of these things are in the playbook of Intel, and we have to drive these technologies throughout the entire world. Uh, We have to work with governments, industry partners worldwide to ensure that this digital divide that we've heard so much about in the past does not breach over into an education divide. Um, And this is a continuous process for Intel and all of our partners, and one that we're absolutely gonna continue for the next several years.
1: Well, you're right. The, the digital divide, a lot of times you, you think to the pre-COVID times when remote learning and the associated technology was optional. It was a nice to have, but now it's a must have. And all of those challenges in getting it in place uh, really kind of come to the forefront, right?
2: Absolutely. Um, that was the first step. You know, when for, when COVID first happened, the first thing that every school district and every school had to do was how do we get technology in the hands of students? Um, and that's something you know, Intel, you know, with PCs and Chromebooks, that you know, Intel as a whole did. It wasn't necessarily an Internet of Things thing, but it was something that Intel had to step up to. And then once that was um, confronted, then we had connectivity. You know, a, a laptop or a Chromebook is fantastic, but if you can't connect to the school or to the teacher it's useless for you. So we had to address the connectivity first and then the um, and the student devices as well. And once that's gone forward, now we're, how do we improve that? How do we make virtual better? How do we make hybrid better? How do we make in-person better? That's where we're really focusing right now.
1: Right, and we know that technology is, I would say driving force, but really it's kind of the the life force that makes remote learning possible. So then, Chris, what are some of the other facets or examples of challenges that you guys are seeing.
2: So so I think one of the key things is is how do you make the content engaging? And and this is something um a lot of the material, you know, a lot of material, let's face it, was made for in-class presentation and delivery. When we first started digitizing, they simply took standard in-class and made it digital, but it didn't have the interactivity that digital enables. And that was a challenge because just Reading, you know, a few things and not being able to interact with it doesn't extract the full value out of technology. So I think what you're seeing now is both teachers and maybe publishing or publishing content houses or educational publishers are figuring out how do we make the technology interactive, how do we make it gaming or how do we make it engaging? Um, Gamification is something that you can see. You can take that content and make it gamification, especially for the younger children. I mean, we live in that world already of gaming that pulls in engagement and anything that helps engagement um, for children is a fantastic thing so we're learning how to use this technology better and that's something that our partners need to focus on too is how do we make it easier for teachers to use this technology so we can't plop a little technology device and say i'll use it they have to teach them how to use it they have to make tools that allow teachers to make course content digital and interactive better how do you pull the value of videos off the internet and make it in class all of these different things, our partners have to step up and Intel has to step up to help train the teachers to make use of this technology.
0: And Shelby, I'd like you to add on this comment. Would well, the COVID accelerated the digital uh, digitalization of all the content and make all the teachers think in the new uh, solutions? How the technology you help their day by day. Teachers for all different generations and different methodologies. They was taking the moment they say, oh, I need to move everything to digital. And that was a very good opportunity to learn how make the teachers for all generations, for all methodology, understand and use better. So they provide a lot of insights and keep providing insights how the solution technology can help.
1: Well, and that's the thing is that when you think about the teachers, they're already uh, teaching essentially two classes simultaneously. They're teaching the in-classroom, the face-to-face kids and the at-home learners. Uh, And then couple that with... The being thrown into the deep end of digitizing all of their their lesson plans and their content and and creating not only something that's accessible for the remote learners but then it needs to be you know engaging and it needs to have you know um, a variety of learning methods and learning styles being able to to reach those uh, those kids that learn best by you know watching or listening or you know doing. So, yeah, they're really up against it.
0: Yeah, Shelby, it's a lot of work for the teacher. We saw the transition in, during the COVID. The teacher just shared their content and say, oh, we need to record this content. I need uh, to manage the camera for, to the teacher face or camera, put a, change another camera to the, to the paperwork that the teacher can write. So how we can move and teach and provide solutions that help them to move ahead and make easier an engagement a process with the students. Chris already mentioned, for example, the, the interactive flat panel display, the the, the big screen on the top in front of the classroom. These you can digitalize your content and In real time, the student at home or student in classroom can share their content and write. But other things, we can add new features on that devices. For example, the teacher, because they can see the students in their their, inside the classroom, it'd be easy to to measure the face, to look in the face and understand. Oh, they're learning. They are learning. they, They have a. Oh, this this content was not very well got from these people. So they have a real time feedback. Okay, In this real-time feedback, t- help teacher go, ab- go back to the same content or teach again or, or solve any doubts. On the other side, how they can do this for the remote ones? Because you have both environments. The, the human being normally pays more attention for the people, close them. We need to use, for example, the same screen to, to provide a, as a technology input for the remote students so they can feel engaged. If the remote student has any questions or any uh, doubt, they, in, the, in the real time, the teacher can see through the, the screens. Okay, and this creating, remove the gap between remote and inside the classroom. So that's one. The second technology we, t- we need to make easy to the teacher. The cameras, for example, in the beginning of the COVID, I saw at home, my, my, the teachers from my kids has a lot of challenge. Because you need to put a camera in your face, but sometimes you need to put a camera in the content or in the exercise. How we make these, these technologies immersive that the teacher are able to deliver the content and the technology take a look what are the, the best visual information that should be shared remotely. Okay, that's an example about two of them. And a the third one all the content now is digitalized because they record how can we make these available to the students they can access later they can solve their doubts later they can access and Chris already mentioned it we the technology allow you f- looking for the keywords in the content recorded so the students yeah the students can go there and say oh i have a doubt. I, I don't remember how to do the exercise number one or two or three they can just looking search and they have their own teacher it for him again. You don't need to go into Google and finding other people that has a different uh, methodology to teach. You can see your teacher again.
1: So like I mentioned in the opening, uh, you know, parents are seeing the remote learning environment uh, kind of firsthand, but remote learning is a really broad term. So I wonder if you can, uh, one, just share your take uh, about your own situations like as parents uh, what you're seeing and then what are the differences in the experiences that elementary school kids are having versus high school or higher education.
0: Interesting question Shelby. I have two sons. Okay, one in the elementary, another one almost in college and I can I can leave myself on this covid environment what the difference between both. Uh, when we are, we have elementary kids or secondary education, they are more interesting and they need the focus from the teacher, feel engaged, download the content, and the, the teacher needs to get their attention so they can lose attention easily. Okay, and they need to have this directly connection between the teacher and the students to, to, to move ahead in, the, in their pace. When you go in the high end education, where the the students and the methodology used today is a little different. The students are able to get the content in advanced, do the research, and the classroom environment is more for collaboration, how they creating their perspective, their point of view, and they are able to articulate the message. So we saw that in the elementary or early stage, is more how you connect the teacher, make sure that they can download and get a feedback and make the students following the process. In the highest education, how we can make the discussion, the collaboration more efficient. When you talk about technologies, you saw the different approach between them. One, the teacher needs to feel comfortable for younger ones to be able to teach many students, has the connections, the, t- the students need to see their face, keep it easily, not moving one camera from another side, and oh, now I need you the camera looking for the teacher, the camera now needs to looking for the content. It's difficult for the younger ones following all this process. When you go in the high school, is how we have an environment that lets everyone put their comment, share their, their, their point of view, or in a structured way to collaborate each other and has a more, how I say, conclusive ideas or point of views and discussions about the topic. And for the collaboration part, is not only between teacher and students or between the students too. Okay, so how the technology can allow this collaboration easily.
1: So you guys are right. I mean, you know, you're both talking about the challenges that teachers are facing, uh, having to all of a sudden digitize uh, the content that they, you know, that they've been teaching, being able to engage students that are face-to-face and remote learners, being able to reach kids that learn in different methods and different styles. There's a lot going on. Uh, that's on the teacher's plate right now. So what type of solutions, or I guess, how, you know, how, are, how is Intel and the IoT group uh, addressing these challenges for, for teachers that really feel kind of up against it?
2: Got it. So I'll explain with reference. Um, I actually have two uh, daughters in high school right now. And when we first started the school year, they were entirely virtual, which, you know, they were sitting in front of their computers at home, and the teacher was in front of their computer either in their classroom or home. It was a purely virtual environment, there was no face-to-face whatsoever. It was a little bit of a bumpy start, but the teachers figured out how to do the content material, how to do some engagement, so it worked. Then they went back to the traditional learning environment where they were in person, in class, and it was more traditional. That was great for a while, but what's happening now is actually even more challenging because it's a hybrid learning. We're either having children get in with, um, have covid and they're sent home, and then anybody who's exposed to them sent home. So you end up with the situation where you've got 10 people out of a 30 person class at home, you've got 20 people or 15 people in class, and the teacher doesn't know how to address all of them. That's the hybrid learning situation. So what's happening right now is the teacher sits in front of the computer at their desk, in front of the pinhole camera, and speaks partly to the people at home and partly to the people in class. And quite frankly, it's a terrible environment for both the in-class students and the virtual students. Our partners and, you know, IoT partners, we can manage that. I mean, all you have to do is put a simple, better video camera within your classroom, and then the teacher could stand up. They could walk around the class. The camera with IoT technologies can zoom in. They can pan. They can crop. They can, they can show the entire classroom. And then the teacher could be more natural. They could gesture. They can walk around. So everybody is getting a good experience as 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 opposed to nobody getting a good experience. That's the key with what we can do with a real hybrid learning. Obviously, there's technology underpinning that, but we've got to get to that situation because this hybrid is where we're going to be in the future. And and one of the great things that I think that's happening, um, I hate to say this, but with all of the student device that's been um, technology that's put in the hands of students because of COVID as a forcing function, we're now in a situation where many of these students are actually bringing their new devices into classroom. And our partners have these collaboration boards, which are fantastic for collaboration. But one of the great things they have on is uh, is screen sharing. So now we have students in class and at home with technology in their hands, they can share their screen. So if you're doing collaborative um, homework, they can share it on the screen in front of the teacher, So all students can see it at once. Students in class, students at, at home, they can all share their screen. They can collaborate on their screen. Each of them can interact with their screen that's a huge huge advantage to make this whole situation better and it's a relatively simple thing the um, these collaboration boards were already growing in in popularity prior to covid now with everybody having this technology in their hands it's even better and, and if i could say one other thing and we've we've addressed this a little bit but covid has been a forcing function for teachers to digitize their content so historically teachers have they've got a great material for being online how to how do you engage the students in class with traditional course materials. With COVID, and again this was happening pre-COVID, but COVID's been the forcing function, they're forced to digitize all of this content. So they're making it, they're making videos that they can post to the cloud, they're making, you know, all their course materials, slides, everything else they're putting out there for the students on like a Google Classroom or Moodle or anything like that. All these different applications out there and students can access it. That's been a real You know, it started off a little bumpy, but that's going to be a real boon for students in the future because they're going to be able to access all of this course content in any modality at any time. I mean, think about it. They'll even be able to do a podcast while they're walking in school, listening to their teacher in class. If you digitize the the content, if you're in a math class and say, oh, my gosh, I need to fast forward to every time the teacher said quadratic equation, they can go through an hour long lecture to the five key moments that they missed. And then we get in school. You know, you can start to um, we can collaborate on the problem solving and can share it on this collaborative board. And teachers can do that. So some of these things that have happened because of COVID are going to continue well after COVID, and they're absolutely enhancing the value of education for both the teachers and the students.
1: We're now beginning to understand how a blended approach to education, and we're talking kind of post-COVID, post COVID, um, post. Getting the the technology in the classrooms, we're start, starting to see how a blended approach to education is especially beneficial. So, Marcus, as a platform solution architect, I mean, what are when we talk about this blended model? Um, we've you know we've heard it called a, a hybrid model of education. What are I guess can you describe some of those hallmarks of that that hybrid approach? Uh, both at the lower levels, but then especially uh, like we're talking about today at the college and university level, and are they different depending on which uh, you know which level of education you're at?
0: Regarding the infrastructure, the college, universities, or the high education has more demanding for asynchronous learning. It means that the student need to be able to access to the content, do their research, study, has their point of view of the content. Like I mentioned before. In the other side, when you go to elementary, we have more demand for synchronous learning because the students are waiting the teacher to download, to to teach them uh, some new concepts. And uh, offline, they do some exercise. What do you mean as asynchronous and synchronous learning? Just to give the context, we call asynchronous synchronous learning when the, the student and the teacher are not together. The student can do this offline or asynchronous, not with the teacher in front of them. In the synchronous learning is when we are has the, the class between the teacher and the students. So this is synchronized between them, and the teacher share a content. The student give back what they learn. Okay, and there's a different approach between college university. One need more asynchronous learning in before before the class and more collaboration in the classroom in a moment. The elementary school they need more synchronous learning. The teacher provide content. And offline, the students make some homeworks, exercise to make sure that they understand the concept.
1: What are, you know, as we, you know, we're, we're rounding 10 months now of being in this COVID world, Mostly what happened is that a lot of kids and probably for your guys, too, you know, they went on spring break and then they never came back. And so and since then, we've started a new school year and things have continued to evolve. As we start to look at hindsight, uh, what are some of the the lessons that have been learned so far? And what are those, I guess, those advancements that particularly, you know, we can leak back and, and think we didn't know what we didn't know.
2: Yeah, I think um, the first thing we've done is if we've tried to tackle the the key impediments to any remote learning, right off the bat, which is getting technology in the hands of students and then getting connectivity between the students in the school. Once we've done that, now we're allowing you know the merging of the technologies, the traditional in, the in in class materials and the digitization of content to to reach them all. But what we're starting to do now is um we're actually starting to run into some new challenges. Um, one of them is, and if you think about it, it makes sense, but none of us were thinking of this in the beginning. You have hundreds of thousands of teachers around the world in in each district. They're digitizing all of their content. They're recording each of their class lectures and, and putting it out there. And a school district is going to have massive cloud connectivity problems. You know, they literally, it's going to be unaffordable in a few years with the amount of content going out there. So for school districts and schools, it's driving the need for local edge compute. You can't put all of this stuff in the cloud. Videos are immense amount of data. So school districts are going to wake up and they're waking up now and realize, oh my gosh, I need to store this content locally and only send to the cloud what's what's absolutely necessary. So that's a whole different compute paradigm that we're starting to address with this. So th- that's something to consider. But the the other thing forward is, again, you is just focus on the professional development of how to use technology to engage children is the thing. I'm We've done a lot of professional development of how you improve in-class teaching. We've never done it for how you improve virtual, how you improve hybrid teaching. And we need to get that. We have to help train the teachers for this. We can't just leave them out there alone and say, figure it out yourself. All of our partners have to step up and say, hey, here's how you do it.
0: And I need to add on that. We need to train the teacher. But on the other side, as Intel and all the partners, we are looking how the solutions, the technology can be more natural for the teacher they need to change the methodology because it's a different way to to deliver the content but the technology should be easy as to use as much as possible
1: absolutely well um, you know as we as we start to wrap up i want to point back to that un report because of of all of the dire warnings that it gave about uh the disruption in education you know it it did say that you know this crisis has really stimulated innovation within the education sector uh you know ed tech has never been as important as it is now and so as we wrap up then um and kind of in summary, what can we look to for the, educa- the future of education and learning? I mean, how is this pandemic really going to change our education sector ultimately for the good?
2: I think this merging of traditional in-class teaching with the, the great technologies that are out there is going to be really, really great. Um, I've said this in the past. A lot of times I've, I've spoken about retail And I've talked about, you know, we still like to get together and gather and go shopping, but we also love digital technology in the stores now. We're having the same thing with education. We're never gonna replace that in-person teaching environment. I mean, that's critical to students, it's critical to humans, I mean, we like that interaction. But let's not forget that we live in a world of technology too, and there's a lot of value in that technology. We use it in our day-to-day lives. Let's integrate that into the educational experience. And I think we're gonna make everything so much better. one of the things that you're starting to see that I think is a sign of this is this concept of the flipped classroom, where students, um, you know, in a traditional school, the teacher lectures you, you learn the concepts in a class, and then you go home and do homework. Well, what happens if your homework is the teacher giving the lecture, you know, taking advantage of technology to make it really engaging, but you learn the concept as homework, and then you come into your class and do collaborative problem solving with the teacher, that to me would be fantastic because, you know, it was always like, oh, I understood the math teacher. I understand the concept. As soon as I'm doing the homework problems, I'm like, oh, now I'm lost. Now I need the teacher's help. Well, imagine if you learn that concept on video at home at night or on, on, in a virtual environment, then you do all the homework in class with the teacher there to help you. Just something like that. And that's just one of many, many examples. I think it's absolutely going to improve the quality of education around the world.
1: Marcos, is there anything you'd add to that?
2: Yes, Shelby. I like to
0: get the comment from Chris about edge. We always talk about the teacher, but one of the big challenges are for the school districts. Okay, how they manage all the infrastructure, the solution, the data. So we have a huge volume of data being created. Okay, in delivering the school networking, we have many students per classroom. but Sorry, per school access to share in real-time conversation, okay? And we need to have some solutions in the Edge to address these requirements, okay? To be able to to localize some content, store some content, share the real-time convers- links, synchronous, synchronous classroom with the students, so we can create this infrastructure, okay? To be able to address all their needs. And one other point of view for this conversation, we need to understand how this technology works. We need all the edge structure, all the devices, every technology in the classroom, be able to be secure, manageable, and has all their application or be able to be orchestrated by the right policies from the district, okay? For the school districts or for the school itself, we need all this technology uh, infrastructure be easy to use easy to manage okay and provide for the school district capability to manage we don't expect the it department every school in the in the in the world so the schools are there to teach to provide content we need to be able to remote remotely manage all the infrastructure make sure that we, have, we support all the security features, support all the privacies from the students, and make sure that we can remotely enable, disable new content or devices or technology in an easy way.
1: Exactly. Well, we've covered a lot today. So Chris and Marcos, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, if anyone needs more information, you can reach us Okay, or read me through my email, marcos.silva.intel.com, M-A-R-C-O-S intel.com Provide your comments from OEMs, school districts. We are here to help and le- learn, listen from you what how we can support better.
2: Well, thank you very much. And, and you know what? I'd like to add mine. Um, you can reach me as well. And um, it's a long email. It's Christopher.s dot o'malley o-m-a-l-l-e-y at intel.com and and have a good remainder of your day
1: fantastic well and i want to thank our audience for tuning in to the edge and beyond the series that makes sense of use cases across industries brought to you by the intel iot group thank you and until next time i'm shelby Skirthawk.